Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with number one copper pot credit union. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew Simpson and you're listening to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast. This is a bonus episode, at least that's what I'm going to call it, recorded shortly after the government announced pay deals for millions of public sector workers, including of course police officers. Now in a moment I'm going to ask branch chairman Jamie Thompson to help me understand how his members are feeling. However, before I do, it's timely just to set out what has been decided. So, police in England and Wales will receive a consolidated pay award of £1,900 applied to all ranks from September for the financial year 2022-23. The Home Office says that this is equivalent to a 5% increase overall and is targeted at those on the lowest pay who will see an uplift of up to 8.8%. However, for those in higher ranks who have supervisory responsibility, the figure will be much smaller. Um, Jamie, to kick us off, how did you respond when you first read the announcement? Um, it's, I mean, devil's in the detail, isn't it? And the, the headlines that that we saw coming out in, in some of the news outlets were, were a little bit misleading at some points. Um, so when I finally sat down and read what what's coming out, on the face of it, it is a pay award like we've not had in, in certainly recent memory um, in my time. Um, and if you look at it in pounds and pence, um, it is, uh, on the face of it, a very generous award from, from the government, which is what they will say. Um, how did it compare or how does it compare to what your expectations were? Um, I mean, you can only really go off past performance, can't you? Um, and in recent times, past performance with government and our pay has been shockingly bad. So my expectation was was the bar was set extremely low, if, if I'm honest. Um, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if we had nothing um, because of what happened in 2021. Um, I was hopeful that they would give us something, but this possibly exceeded what I expected. However possibly didn't meet my expectations, if that makes sense at all. Yeah, it, it does make sense. Now, we're recording this a couple of days uh, after the announcement, so there's probably fair to say people are still res- responding to this or maybe not a chance to read all the detail yet, but um, I'm interested to know from conversations that you've had locally, um, what are Cheshire members saying so far? Uh, I, the vast majority of officers I've spoken to and also uh, our federation reps have spoken to have actually been quite positive about it. They have recognised the fact that in pounds and pence, this this is probably a bigger increase than we've had for a a very long time. However, there are some who are not so happy um, because they see it for what it is, which is, once again, a below inflation pay award. Um, I I struggle to call it a pay increase because in real terms, it's not. Even at the highest level, um, of around 8.8%, which is what it's worth to our, our younger officers and our brand, brand new serving officers, um, that is still below where inflation sits right now. So this is a real terms pay cut once again. Now, the Police Federation of England and Wales at, at national level has, has come in for a little bit of stick for its response after Chairman Steve Hartson described the award as a small first step his words, in repairing a strained relationship with the government. But just to educate our listeners on that point, local branches like Cheshire are free to form their own opinion and don't necessarily have to agree with the line uh, presented nationally. However, it's probably fair to say that you've tackled a similar dilemma. And what I mean by that is, I'd be interested to kind of hear you talk a little bit about the challenge of taking a position on something like this when it impacts 
people in your membership differently because the percentage raises are going to be are going to be different. So, how much of a challenge does that present to you when it comes to kind of forming a response? It's it's a huge challenge. Uh, it really is. I can have my own opinion and sit here and, and, and think things for, for myself, but I'm here to represent the, the 2,200 police officers in, in Cheshire. Um, and when that view is mixed, it, it is hard to formulate response. And, and you're absolutely right. You know, our younger and service officers, for, the, for them, this is um, upwards of, of sort of 8% um, for, for, the, for the youngest uh, in-service officers. But when you go to our more senior members and senior ranking members, this is as low as, as, as around 3%. Um, and even less for those who are, who are superintendent chief officer. So whilst pounds and pence, everybody's getting exa- exactly the same, what it does do is it creates a little bit of a gap in that the rewards for going for promotion um, are now less because your wage is worth less than it was if you are of supervisory rank when you look at percentages. And that's the difficulty with targeted pay. You know, we it, it's a really it's a really difficult position because we have people who are who are who are satisfied with this. We have some people who are pleased with it, um, but we have people who are satisfied with this. But we have some people who aren't, um, and to re- and to represent the views of all those individuals can be a challenge. Yeah, I, I, and just to, to stick with that, I mean, there is a risk here, and a couple of the other police staff bodies have, have touched on this in their responses that. Because of the way in which this is going to be a targeted award rather than a percentage increase across the board, it risks there being divisions formed within the police community, which is the opposite of what you would have wanted. Absolutely. And and like I said, when people move up through the ranks, they, they receive pay awards, which should reflect the responsibility, the extra responsibility they're taking on. What we've got here is a situation where um, and albeit it's a one-off, one-year pay deal, but it does decrease the value of some of those um, supervisory positions uh, in that that percentage is not what the young, younger in-service officers are getting. So it does, it does make it very difficult. However, um, I think the argument will come that we're in a very strange place in terms of the, the, the whole financial world at the moment. Inflation is... is hopefully going to drop at some point in the future and and this one year award this one year target award i suspect was designed to just to try and tread water until we until we get back to some level of normality i hope we do certainly um how close to fair are we then based on that what you just said it depends where you sit really um if you're sat in the home office or the treasury you're um it's a very clever move um because you're holding your hands up going, well, hang on, we've given you the biggest pay rise you've ever had, um, in, in you know, certainly in, in, in any time that I can remember, um, and we've pretty much abided by the recommendations of the uh, pay review body. So their hands are clean in some respects, and I say it's a very shrewd and very, very clever move. I, I The sentiment behind it, I, I understand it. I understand that... You know, those on the lowest wages are the ones who are suffering financially because we've all got to put the same amount of fuel in our cars. We've all got to pay the same energy bills. And I think this does in some way reflect the fact that those on, on, a, on a lower pay scale will be feeling the bite possibly more than, than some others. However, we do need to look at this as a one-off. I don't think targeted pay is the way forward for policing. 
just to um, stick with the, the subject of fairness, we'll just look at it in a, in a slightly different way. Um, a lot of the news coverage over the past few days has discussed the public sector's 2.5 million workers as a whole. So comparing the outcome of pay reviews for nurses, for teachers, as well as for police officers. Now, I know that you think that's an unhelpful way of assessing what is or isn't a good result for police. Do you want to just explain why? Yeah, it's 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 a bit like comparing apples and bananas. Um, you know, broadly, we're, we're, we're similar in that we're public sector workers. Um, however, we're not. Um, and that was recognised as far back as 1919 when the Police Act came into place to, to recognise the fact that police officers um, cannot have industrial rights, they, they cannot take industrial action, and they should be treated as a, a special case. And, and that's pretty much what the legislation says. So to bundle us up into the same new story as others and, and start to throw comparisons in. And listen, that, it's it's human nature that we will look at others and go, well, they've got this, and they'll look at us and go, they've got that. But you really can't draw those comparisons. Policing is a different different environment. You know, we, we can't withdraw labour. We, we can't work to rule. Um, we can't cause disaffection amongst the ranks. And the agreement was that that would be properly recognised. And, and that, that was also brought about um, in the 70s as well. Um, with, with another report that came out which which recognised the fact that we should be treated as, as a special case. And I, and I don't like using those words because it, it, it does come across potentially as putting us on a pedestal above other public sector workers. It's not. It's just that we're, we're different. So so comparisons aren't helpful. What this has done, though, this, is, this has created a lot of comparisons within policing as well. Yeah. So so a lot, of, a lot of the members I've been speaking to um, not only they're looking externally and saying, well, what about the teachers? What about the nurses? What about that? All of whom I, I think we've done slightly better than, but let's not forget we got nothing last year. So you, you can't just look at one year. You've got to look a little bit further back than that. But we've also started a little bit of um, divide and conquer internally. And who knows, maybe the cynic in me says this was the plan. Um, this was the plan because it's hard to unify a voice when some people are happy and some people aren't. Welcome to the Cheshire Police Federation podcast in association with number one copper pot credit union. The Cheshire Police Federation's monthly podcast is sponsored by number one copper pot credit union, a not-for-profit organisation that offers financial services exclusively to the police family. It's free to join and provides access to savings, loans and mortgages, all directly from your payroll, making it easier to manage your money. Lots of members use Number One Copper Pot to save for events such as Christmas or summer holidays, or simply to build a rainy day savings fund. To find out more or to apply to join, visit NumberOneCopperPot.com. Now, for the second part of this bonus edition of the Cheshire Police Federation podcast, I want to remind listeners how we reach this point and also speculate just a little on where things go from here. But to begin with, the numbers. It's the job of the Police Remuneration Review Body, easy for me to say, to advise the government and make recommendations on paying conditions for police officers. To do that, it considers written evidence from a range of sources, including, historically at least, the Police Federation. Its remit, though, is decided by the Home Secretary, something the pay body itself complained affected the independence of its work last year when the Chancellor announced beforehand there would be a freeze to pay awards for the majority of the public sector. Jamie, can you just remind our listeners what happened next at roughly this time last summer um, in relation to the Police Federation and the pay review body? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've we talked about this before on the podcast, we got, we got nothing. Uh, and that was the recommendation of the pay, re- pay review body that we got nothing. Um, but it was noted by 
the peer review body that they were almost strong-armed into that uh, decision by the the Home Secretary, who will probably devolve responsibility to the to the Treasurer, because um, that's how these things work. Nobody wants to hold their hand up and say, no, I've made that decision. So... Um, the, the Police Federation nationally, we, we met um, all 43 branches and, and our national board, and it was decided that there was no point um, playing with loaded dice, um, and we, we decided to walk away from the pay review body, quickly followed by the Police Superintendents Association as well. Um, so we, we weren't the only body to walk away. And the reason we walked away is we felt it wasn't fair. It, it, it was loaded. Um, there was very little point trying to put an argument across when the outcome was already predetermined by government. Um, and that is why we have been calling and I would still call for a review of, of how police um, pay is decided. Now, we were brought away from um, a police negotiating body um, to bring us in line with other public sectors. But that means we can't consult, we can't negotiate, we can only consult. Um, we can only submit paperwork, which gets bundled in with everything else uh, and then goes goes through the churn, comes out the other end. So uh, we feel it's not independent and also it's not fit for purpose. Um, I'd like to clarify there just a, a couple of things for our listeners when it comes to the PRRB. You, you've covered the first one, which is just to, to make clear that the police don't negotiate their pay word like other workplace associations or, or unions may have the opportunity to, to negotiate when it comes to, to pay, but you, you covered that. Um, the second point, just again to, for, for, for clarity for our non-police community listeners, um, this isn't a pay offer as such. It's the Home Office that decides whether to follow the pay body's recommendations or not. Something, as again you've touched on, it doesn't actually always do. So it's, it's not an offer that you as a policing community accept, is it? No, and, and in the past when we had the police negotiating board, uh, the, uh, we, uh, we we could negotiate. And very often we we went to arbitration over it because, you know, the, the sides were, were apart and, and um, it gave us more of an opportunity to put evidence across. This is this is loaded in favour of, of one side uh, and it's not us. Um, now, the Federation's view of the uh, PRRB, as you articulated um, earlier, is shared by the Police Superintendents Association, again, something you touched on, um, and that means that neither uh, submitted evidence for consideration this time around. The National Fed's position remains that um, what it refers to as a fully independent review body should take the place of the PRRB. So um, let's turn our attention then to look forward to, to kind of short and medium-term future. Um what happens next then in the fight for improved pay? I think we've just got to keep fighting um, for a pay award that reflects where police pays in terms of its value. You know, people often look at pounds and pence um, and say that we are well paid, and, and policing is well paid. You know, there's there's no denying that, um, but it's not as well paid as it used to be in terms of the value that that holds because. You know, we're over 20% down on where we should be in the past decade or 11, 11 years. Um, probably going to get a little bit wider now as well because, as I say, this is a, this is a, a hugely below inflation cut for, for, for us. Um, and, and the pay award is not where it needed to be to hold the value. So police pay is becoming devalued every year. A year on year, it, its value is becoming less. Um, we, we need to try and redress that balance with some meaningful pay increases which bring us back in line and we need we need to keep banging the drum for that now of course also in the mix um we are shortly going to have 
a new prime minister uh, and when that individual whoever that is uh, appoints a cabinet it's possible that they'll opt for a change in the home office um don't worry listener we're not going to uh, disappear down the politics rabbit hole but i would put to jamie at this point what could that mean for the relationship between the government and policing it's an opportunity um I think the last Home Secretary, or the current Home Secretary, as, as we don't know what's going to happen, it started off pretty good, um, and, and there was lots of positivity coming out. But then other government departments got involved, and we, we think we've said this in the past in the podcast, you know, the, the Home Office uh, should run us, not the Treasury. So for me, a new Prime Minister, I'd be looking for a fresh start, an opportunity to, to reset um, whether that's with a new a new Home Secretary or not, that, that's a matter for themselves. But it is a chance to, to repair the relationship because the, the past few years have been littered with false promises and smoke and mirrors, if, if I'm being brutally honest. The, you, you know, the, the big headlines from government around policing is uplift. We've given you an uplift. It's not an uplift. It's replacing the police officers. We're not, not even quite replacing, but replacing police officers that have been cut during austerity. So, you know, we're not back to where we were. So it's not an uplift in numbers. It's just putting things back to where it was. So let's have some honesty from, from whoever comes in. Let's talk honestly about it. If they want an uplift, let's uplift police numbers properly and, and get them above higher than they've ever been. But also let's reset that relationship and, and see some of those promises through. Okay. Um just to finish today, let's just bring this conversation full circle and just um, describe the scene as, as we leave it um, recording today. So in, in its report, and you did touch on this, the PRRB did acknowledge um, the economic circumstances in which it makes its recommendations this time around are extraordinary. And it did cite recovery from the pandemic and obviously financial pressures on police officers created by the rising cost of living. So in that context, um, what impact do you think this week's announcement will have on police morale generally? Uh, it's mixed. It, it, it really is mixed. I think there are a num- number of people who are satisfied with, with what, what's been offered. I, I think from my point of view, we need to look into the future and, okay, if this is our, our pay award this year, we, we, we receive that, we move on, but we continue to fight for fairness and we continue to fight to get that value of the police wage up, which is what we should be doing. And we continue to push that the PRRB is made truly independent or we're given a new negotiating uh, body where we can actually sit around the table and properly talk about police pay. Now, just by way of a, of, of a teaser, we do intend to dedicate a forthcoming episode to the issue of debt and how many police officers are struggling to meet the basic cost of fuel and of food. Um, so look out for that in the next few weeks. Um, one last thing uh, before we finish today, and just something that we wanted to acknowledge. If you recall, delegates at the Police Federation of England and Wales annual conference in May debated whether to increase members' subscriptions. Now, the outcome of a ballot held was support for a motion that proposed, and I quote, increasing the rate of all types of subscriptions in line with the percentage uplift to police pay for 2022-23. Now, Jamie, you've asked a question about this, haven't you? What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so uh, obviously this isn't a percentage increase that that we've received. It is a target of pay award, so it is pounds and pence. So I'm looking to my national colleagues to explain to me, so I can explain to my members, how they intend to manage that in terms of uh, any increase to Federation subscriptions. But I would like that, I would like that question answered. It hasn't been answered at this moment in time, so I, I can't really update on that, but we are pushing for it to find out what their intention is. 
Okay, we'll wrap up this bonus episode there. Now, the subject of police pay is one that we do discuss often on this podcast and will undoubtedly do so again. I'd like to thank Jamie Thompson, your branch chairman, for embracing the idea of doing this special edition at short notice. We've tried to be as comprehensive as possible, but I'm certain he'd be happy to answer any questions that members have. Before I sign off, I'd also like to recommend the latest episode of the podcast, which will be available for download shortly, that focused on the Police Bravery Awards 2022. The story of Cheshire nominee PC Steph Allenson certainly is a remarkable one. Finally, I'd like to tip my hat to our sponsors, Number One Copperpot Credit Union. We're grateful that they support so enthusiastically and generously what we do. You can get in touch with the Cheshire Police Federation by visiting its website, which you'll find at cheshirepolfed.org.uk. That's cheshirepolfed.org.uk. There you'll find news about its latest work, details of member services and information about the group insurance policy. Don't forget too, you can also download the Cheshire Police Federation app for free from the App Store or from Google Play. And until next time, it's goodbye from me.